the last class of Beirut we discussed when is Beirut allowed? Beirut is allowed if it's done the good from the bad for immediate use and with your hand or a vessel that you don't want to get dirty with but not as a vessel which is designated for separation. Anytime you separate bad from good is considered Beirut and therefore it would be forbidden on Shabbos. Even separating good from bad is only allowed if it's for immediate use. And I wanted to discuss this in a little bit now, separating not for immediate use, even if it's good from good. For instance, what happens if somebody on Friday, and one more important thing I do want to mention that we'll discuss more of, and that is Beirer, the Malach of selection of separating bad from good, which is always forbidden, or separating good from bad, which is allowed if it's for immediate use, does not only apply to food, it applies to everything. I just want to go back a little bit to mention a few more things that are relevant to we didn't have the time in the previous class. Also, the custom is when you peel eggs, we said two things. You can't peel eggs Friday night for Shabbos day because you're selecting, you're peeling, you're separating, even though that's the way you can eat it, there's no other way to eat it besides peeling, and that's why you're allowed to do it. But it has to be done for immediate use. So you can't peel eggs Friday night for Shabbos day, or Shabbos morning for late Shabbos afternoon. You have to do it right before the eating. There's also a minig that Agav, that women or men, when they peel eggs, hard-boiled eggs, because, again, the eggshells are muksa. The custom is that people peel eggs directly over the garbage, that people shouldn't come to play with them. Nevertheless, if people have hard-boiled eggs on the table and in the shell, and they peel the the eggs, they should make sure to throw out the egg shells and peels as soon as possible, that they shouldn't come to play with it. What happens Friday night, you washed your cutlery Friday night for Shabbos morning, which you're allowed to in cold water, according to most opinions, with liquid soap, and we'll discuss in the Schita class, not with a sponge. But let's say somebody washes their cutlery on Friday night, and then they let their cutlery, what's called, drip dry. They put it into the bin, they're all together, and they are now being dried. Now, Friday night, I want to set the table for Shabbos morning because I'm going to go to shul. I don't have time. I want to set the table Friday night for Shabbos morning. The problem with that is buried. If all the cutlery is mixed, spoons, forks, knives, big spoons, little spoons, it's all mixed. So now if you're going to take this bunch of cutlery together, which is mixed, and you're going to start putting down the forks and the knives and the spoons, Granted, what you're taking out is what you want, it's the good, but nevertheless, it's not for immediate use. Now, if you have a drawer full of cutlery, and you have spoons, forks, knives, it's all separate, and you take forks and spoons and knives, each one separate, then you could set the table, that's not going to be a problem. But if you can have a mixture of cutlery, and you're going to be putting them, separating them to set the table Friday night, would not be allowed to be done because it's not for immediate use. Similar cases of this you find like this. What happens if somebody put out a 
plate of cold cuts. And they put out this salami and bologna and corned beef and turkey pastrami and this and that, the different types of meats. And now they're all together on the plate. And the guests went home. And now you want to separate the salami back into the salami package and bologna into the bologna package and so on. That separation now that you're doing is not for immediate use. And therefore you wouldn't be allowed to do that Friday night for Shabbos day for them and a Shabbos day for afterwards. Because you are now selecting because the pieces are together. They're next to each other. They're not separate compartments or separate things like that. They are all mixed together in one compartment on one plate. So logically it would be a problem on Shabbos to put back each one of those particular things to their particular container. The same thing if somebody at a Shalom Zohar, let's say, served various different nuts and they're all together on the plate or t- different types of candies on the plate and now the guests left and you want to put them back into the separate containers that again would be considered baited because you are selecting and separating granted good from good but not for immediate use. If you have a whole bunch of almonds and you want to take almonds, some of them put them here and some of them put them there, that's not a problem of Beder because we mentioned before that if they're all exactly the same, then there's no din of Beder. Beder is only when things are separate and you want to separate them. But things which are the same exact thing is considered not no Beder. But for instance, if you have um, rye bread and white bread, is considered two different types. Uh, different fruits would be considered two different types. Uh, chicken and turkey are considered two different types. All these things are considered two different types that you cannot do better to separate them into the different compartments because they're considered different types. So for instance, let's say you put out Shabbos on a table, you put out some mixture of rye bread and white bread and pumpernickel bread and all those, it would be forbidden after the guests leave to put them back into their own bags of rye and white and so on because again it's considered too minim. Some question even if the white of an egg, the yolk of an egg and the other part of the egg is if it's considered two types or is considered one type, that's a question in Aloha. So if something is considered two different types, two different types, and it says in Aloha, whether it's two different tastes or two different names, it's considered, it's considered two separate types, and you cannot select even good from good unless if it's for immediate use. Um, one of the reasons why the minig by many, many Yidin is to have gefilte fish on Shabbos. What's the source and the origin of gefilte fish? So one of the basic or the main or reasons why people eat gefilte fish on Shabbos is because all the other fish, or a lot of the other fish, have bones in them. So now you're going to be taking, you're eating a piece of white fish or salmon if it still has the bones, and by taking the bones out, it could be a problem of Beirut. It's interesting that Samachsedek is more lenient than most other paskim, and that Samachsedek is of the opinion that bones, the little bones in the fish, 
right before eating may be removed, especially for children, but people try to be machmer, but again, that's a different story. But the reason why people eat filter fish and Shabbos is because there's no bones, we don't have a problem of braided. Even though the Tzamech Tzedek is mekel in time of need, but it's something that people should try to avoid, and that's why the minig is having a filter fish. The same thing if you have, let's say, you're going to be eating watermelon, and you're going to be having watermelon seeds. So, according to most opinions, you can't just take out the black seeds from the water. The white seeds, according to many opinions, are considered edible, and therefore it's one min, even though it's preferred to be machmer. But you can't take out the black seeds from the watermelon in a way that you're separating the bad, meaning the seed, from the actual watermelon. According to Allah, you could take the watermelon, you can bang it on the table, that the loose black pieces fall off by themselves. That's not considered better because you're not actually removing them, they're coming off by themselves. The best way of eating watermelon, if it has pits in it, is that you put the watermelon in your mouth and then you take out the pit, which is for sure that's considered the way of eating and therefore it's definitely not considered baited. Um, the same thing we mentioned before, and these are practical dinam that a lot of people are unaware of. Baited, we said, applies not only to food, it applies to everything. So what happens, and again, one more din, if it's the same min, there's no din of baited. So let's say somebody, Friday night, wants to pick out clothes for Shabbos morning. It happens a lot of times, the parents want to sleep in, and they take out the clothes Friday night for the children, they put them on the beds, it's Friday, Shabbos morning, the kids can get up and get dressed. The problem is, are you allowed to select clothing Friday night for Shabbos day? So let's say somebody has a drawer full of black socks, and all the socks are basically the same. So then, there's no denebated, because it's all one min, it's all black socks, and they're all the same, so there's no separation one from the next. What happens if somebody has a whole um, ha- uh, thing f- hanging of white shirts? A rack of white shirts are hanging, and they're all the exact same shirts, then you're allowed to take out a white shirt Friday night for Shabbos day, because it's not better, it's all the same kind. But what happens if you have different colored shirts? Or perhaps even white on white versus plain white shirts? And Friday night, you're going to take out a white uh, colored shirt, a blue shirt, for Shabbos morning, that you wouldn't be allowed to do. Because you're separating, granted what you're taking out, the blue shirt, is what you want, but you're separating it for Shabbos morning, it's not for immediate use, and it would be forbidden. If somebody has a tie rack with 15, 20 ties on it, and Friday night they want to select one tie, to wear Shabbos morning, again it would be forbidden because you're selecting not for immediate use. If a girl has a rack of clothes, dresses hanging, and you want to pick out one dress Friday night for the rest of the dresses, it is forbidden again to do it because it is selection and not for immediate use. The same thing applies also to Svarim. If you have a set of Svarim, you have a set of Chumashim, and I want to take, it's Parshas, the Chumash Dvarim, let's say. 
And I want to take out a Chumash Dvarim from the pile of Svarim, from the row of Svarim in the bookcase. And I want to take out a Chumash Dvarim for Shabbos morning. I'm not allowed to do it. For instance, let's say your Svarim are in a room where the guests are sleeping, and Shabbos morning you're going to want a safer Chsidis or Nigler or Chumash, whatever it may be. And you're going to want to take out the Sefer Friday night because the people are going to sleep. You would be forbidden to retake out a Sefer because you're selecting one Sefer from the next and they're not all the same. This is Dvarim, this is Bamidba, this is Vayikra. It's different Svarim. You would not be permitted to take it out Friday night for Shabbos day. With Svarim, you have a simple Eitzah. What you could do if you take out the Sefer and you open it up and you learn a little bit in the Sefer, so then you're taking it out for immediate use and then you can put it wherever you want. But people need to understand that the laws of Beirut apply to clothing, to cutlery, to anything that a person would be uh, using on Shabbos. You also have an interesting thing. What happens if people go to a Shalom Zachar? They go to a Shalom Zachar Friday night, or to somebody's house Friday night, and there's a lot of people there, and everybody, it's a cold winter night, and everybody takes their coats and dumps them on the bed. So now your coat is somewhere in the pile. And now the question is, you're about to go home, and there's 30 coats there, and you're trying to find your coat. So there is a shtickle problem, there is a, pa- a pa- problem with that. Is that considered baited? Or is it considered actually removing? Because if I have things in a pot and I need to get to the bottom food and I remove the top food, that's not necessarily baited. But it could be a question of baited. So people should be careful when they go to Shom Zachar, they should try to remember more or less where their coat is and then they're peeling, so to speak, the top coats, and then they're coming to their coat for immediate use, so similar to peeling fruits and vegetables for immediate use, which is allowed. But just to, people should be aware that there is a concept of baited and selection, even in, in such things which are not necessarily considered uh, foods. It could be in clothing, it could be in cutlery, and it could be in all the various different things. You can have baited also Sometimes, let's say, and this is questionable in Allah, but just to mention, because according to many opinions, it would be forbidden. If somebody has a tea bag in a cup of tea, and they don't want the tea bag anymore, and they're removing the tea from the tea bag, it's questionable if it's 100, many poskim hold it's allowed because it's separate, and it's not really mixed, and it's visible, but it's from the Altarebbe, it could come out that it's not so easily allowed, and people should try to be machmer, that if you have a tea bag in the tea, unless if somebody needs the tea bag for another cup of tea, I'm not talking about the bishul aspect, I'm just talking about the bated aspect, that they should be careful to leave the tea bag in the tea rather than removing it. I'm not saying nobody says you're allowed to remove it. There are opinions that say you're allowed to remove it. It's questionable what the Alter Rebbe would hold in that case.